of that story. Um, and it's so good to hear what God is doing. Um, so if you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to Matthew? And we're going to start in Matthew chapter 19. We're going to continue a series about money, um, which can be a topic that as soon as you hear it mentioned in church, that you begin to freeze and, and, and tense up because uh, you think the church is just after my money and uh, it's, a, it's a tense topic, but I would just encourage you just to try and relax. It's going to be okay. Um, what my heart for this series is that God would really help us have a biblical mindset about money and a, a, an informed viewpoint, not from our beliefs or from our ideas, but that God would inform our view on money and everything that it entails uh, through uh, the Bible. Um, so we're going to go to Matthew 19. Steve, if you're in the building, can you chuck that heater off? Thank you, sir. Uh, or you want to keep it on? You guys want to keep it on? We'll keep it on. We'll keep it on. That's fine. I'm just hot. Don't worry about me. Yeah. We'll leave it on. Matthew 19. Um, so we are talking more about money. And the last two weeks of our series are up on our SoundCloud. So you can get um, caught up on the latest of what we've been talking about. I encourage you to do that. I can't recap everything that we've talked about. But essentially, we've been talking really that money is a heart issue. That God's really focused on what's happening on the inside of our world, uh, not so much what's happening in our wallet. Um, it's more to do with uh, not letting what's in our wallet or what's not in our wallet affect what's in our heart. Um, so that's really uh, the, the main thrust of all that we've been talking about. But t- for today, Matthew 19, I just want to read some scripture from verses 16 to 26. And it's the story of the rich young man. Uh, It says, someone came to Jesus with this question, Teacher, what good things must I do to have eternal life? Uh, Why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, only God is good. But to answer your question, you can receive eternal life if you keep the commandments. Which ones? The man asked. And Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not testify falsely, honour your father and your mother, love your neighbour as yourself. Verse 20 says, I have obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all you have and give the money to the poor and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when the young man heard this, he, was, he went sadly away because he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to get into the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in this world can be saved? They said, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God Everything is possible. Now, I want to just put your mind at ease right there. That scripture does not telling you to sell all that you have. It's not saying that money is evil because last week we talked about that. We talked about how money itself is not the problem. It's about what happens in our hearts. And if money becomes the number one thing that is your God, that is a problem. Anything that gets into the number one seat in our life is, the, is a problem that needs to be dealt with so that God is number one in our life. So he's talking specifically to this young man. And I want, I, want to, I want us to put ourselves in this young man's shoes. And this young man, um, 
obviously is well to do and he has a high standing in society and he obviously has, a, has a, quite a religious background. But still, with all the stuff and the possessions in his life that he had and all the experience with religion and, and faith, there was still something missing in this man's life. He still felt some sort of burden or deficit in his life that would cause him to go to Jesus, say, what do I need to do to have eternal life? What's missing in my life? And this was a genuine question from somebody who genuinely wanted to know. And I, I relate to this guy and his attitude because I feel that there are so many people in our world today that are living just like that. They might have everything that they could ever want, all the stuff in the world, all the gadgets, all the status, but still something is missing from their life. Something is still not quite there. So we, we live in a world that no matter how much stuff we have, there's still something missing. And for this man, there was still something missing. So he says to Jesus, listen, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And then Jesus starts where this man is, starts where his life experience is. And he starts on the surface of this man's life. He says, well, the commandments, because he knows the commandments. Do not uh, steal, he says. Uh, and Jesus goes, do not murder, do not commit adultery. And he starts with this and he says, listen, are you doing these things? And, and then the young man says, I've obeyed all these things. Uh, what else must I do? So that there was still something missing on this man's life. And Jesus' Jesus' heart here was to move past the surface issues, to move past what was going on on the outside, to move past how good the man looked on the outside and to move into the heart. Because no matter what image I can present to make people think I'm doing good, Jesus can see what's happening on the inside of my life. Jesus can see what's happening in my world. And that... That is cool and scary. <laughs> uh, it's cool because God actually cares about what's going on inside our world. God actually cares what's going on on the inside of your world. When we live in an Instagram world, that people really only care about what's happening on the outside. So no matter what image this man was presenting, he knew and Jesus knew something was missing. And, and Jesus, I love it because He's not afraid to press into the issue where, where it could be awkward to talk about. Jesus says, I'm going to talk about it with this man. I'm going to raise up the issue. And I want you for a moment to, to see yourself in the, this man's shoes. To say, Jesus, is there something missing in my life? Is there something that you want to deal with in my life? Would you just go on the inside and deal with it? And Jesus wants to do that. He wants to have heart surgery with each and every one of us. And so Jesus identifies something in this man's life that is preventing him from being truly satisfied and from being truly fulfilled in life. And Jesus was actually, He knew the answer all along. Jesus is the answer to people's desire for more. Come on. See that we all have this this desire in our life to be truly fulfilled and it will only be fulfilled when we have connection and relationship with Jesus. That is the good news. Come on. 
is that you can have relationship with Jesus no matter where you're from, no matter how much money is in your bank account, no matter your racial background, no matter what experiences you have in life, Jesus is there for you to be in relationship with. I love when He says, Would you come to me all who are burdened? Come to me all heavy laden and I will give you rest. The answer for the world's crisis of, of purpose and crisis of hope is not more stuff. It's not a better job. It's not a better relationship. It's not the six pack you've been trying to get for years and years. <laughs> it is relationship with Jesus. Jesus knew that the only thing that could meet the desire of this young man was actually him himself. So Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to deal with what's happening on the inside. I'm going to deal with the stuff that's keeping you from giving your whole life to me. So he, he challenges the, the young man and he, and he presses on that sore point for this young man was his stuff. It was his possessions. And for him... His possessions had become more important to him than obeying and following after what God had asked him to do. That's why Jesus wanted to highlight that issue for him. It wasn't because money was even, we covered that. It was because for that point at that young man, that young man's life, his stuff had become basically his God. It had become the thing that was so important to him that he couldn't do what Jesus has commanded him to do, which was to get rid of all the stuff that was getting in the way and to follow Jesus. What an amazing call that this young man, a great opportunity that this man had to, to really follow Jesus. And that's the call that each and every one of us have is to not be hindered by the stuff in our life and to not be distracted by the temporary stuff. Because, and we've talked about it for so many weeks, this world is set up on chasing the number, chasing the status, chasing. And if you continue to live your life based on those things, your life will never be fulfilled. It's only when you decide that Jesus is your priority, is your focus, then your life will be fulfilled in Him. And so, so this man walks away sadly. He couldn't do it. He couldn't uh, give up his stuff to follow Jesus. Um, because, hey, that's a hard decision right there. And you might be thinking, well, God is calling me to follow Him. He's not calling me to part-time follow Him. He's not calling for some of my life. He's actually calling for all of my life. And that is the key here of the whole thing. God doesn't just want a part of you. He wants all of you. He wants all of you. And, and something that can really distract and bring us away from giving all to God is this issue of money, is this issue of my stuff. And we're going to deal with it. We're going to talk about it um, because God, I don't, I don't want you to be like this, this rich young man that couldn't make that faith commitment to God, that you would be God, no matter what it costs, no matter what it is, I am going to follow you. Are you with me today? And it's not about you giving all your money. That's, don't hear that. It's about what's in your heart. What is in your heart? Because really, so, so it leads me to this question. And as hard as it is, Jesus says it's not impossible. As hard as it is, even though it looks impossible, 
God is saying, it is not impossible for you to live for me completely because God is going to give grace to you. That's what I believe. We read at the end of 1 Timothy 6. I think it was that chapter. Paul says, well, God's grace be with you all. We need help in this area of our money. And it's, I need help. Lord, when I think about my money, it becomes too big sometimes. When I think about the need, Lord, that becomes too big sometimes. Lord, would you give me help to live for you rightly and to see money not as my Lord, but to see it in the right place where it is not my master, but I, I, I'm following God and I'm going to tell it what to do. You know what I'm saying? So we need help and God is there to give you help. So then I was thinking, we need, we need advice and we need to walk in wisdom when it comes to financial stuff and into money. And, and I need help. And I was thinking, I mean, it would have been great if somebody could have given this young man a bit of advice. Given this young man, like, listen, let's have a time out here. Are you sure you want to turn away here? Uh, you've got, uh, you have all this money, but you've got a great opportunity here. And, but what advice would we give this young man? And then by, by way of giving advice to this young man, what advice would we give ourselves? Because we're kidding ourselves if we think that we're, we're, we've got it much more together than this young man because at times we make decisions that aren't smart, that I haven't got it together. But God wants to help you. Jesus wants to help you win in this area of money. And it's not about having more money. It's about walking in wisdom with that. So that leads us to really the focus of today's sermon, which is this idea of stewardship. Stewardship, it is a long word, but it's a biblical concept that God really wants us to to grasp in order for us to do well and not let money become the main part of our life, but to not let it rule our life. So this idea of stewardship, let's learn about this today. And let's go to Matthew 25. Because um, I think this is really going to shape how we think about our stuff and our life. Uh, Matthew 25 verses 14. And it's a story of the three servants. And it says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated uh, by the story of a man going on a trip. He called together his servants and gave them money to invest for uh, for a, uh, gave him money to invest for, for him while he was gone. He gave five bags of gold to one, two bags of gold to the other, and one bag of gold to the last, dividing it into proportion to their abilities, and then left on his trip. The servant who received five bags of gold began immediately to invest the money and soon doubled it. The servant with two bags of gold also went right to work and doubled the money. But the servant who received one bag of gold uh, dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money for safekeeping. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called, called to them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of gold said, Sir, you gave me five bags of gold to invest and I have doubled the amount. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Next came the servant who had received the two bags of gold with the report, Sir, you gave me two bags of gold to invest and I have doubled the amount. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of gold came and said, Sir, I know you are a hard man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth and here it is. 
But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, you think I am a hard man, do you? Harvesting crops I didn't plant and gathering crops I didn't cultivate. Well, you should at least have put my money into the bank so it could have had some interest. Take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has 10 bags of gold. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who are unfaithful, even what little they have will be taken away. Uh, Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Crazy story, big story. And we don't have time to really dive into the depth of that parable, but that story really opens up this idea that the kingdom of God is about stewarding what God has given us. And when you think about it, we are not owners of anything. We are stewards of what God has given us. And this is really, this is a shift when it comes to our money and in everything in our life. We are not owners of anything in our life. And the the name of the house might be in our name. But the Bible says in, in Psalm 24 is that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to Him. So, man, I don't know if you've ever had something, a possession in your world that you love so much that you just couldn't let anybody touch or use because it was your thing. Right now, Maggie's things are her dolls. They are her possessions. Baby, baby, she's walking around holding a baby by her foot. If Miles even looks at it the wrong way, there is, there is a, a crisis of, of faith and they, she's ready to throw hands because that's her possession. That's hers. And, and sometimes in life, we can feel that sense of ownership because it is my thing. And, and, and that's okay to have stuff, having stuff's not wrong. But if we view our life and all that we have from the perspective of this is actually my stuff, it's actually a viewpoint that is unbiblical because the way we are meant to view it is that everything I have is God's. Everything I have is from God. Not just your money. Hey, this is... Your whole life is called to be given over to God. When God calls you to follow Him, He's not saying, hey, would half of you follow me? And would you keep half for yourself? And, and, and that's yours and this is mine. No, God says, would you give it all to me? Isn't that crazy? It says, the Bible says, when you lose yourself for my sake, then you will find your life. When you lose your life, when you give it up, that is the paradox of the gospel. It's that gaining is through giving up. Gaining life, gaining purpose, gaining stuff is that you don't hold tightly onto it as your own stuff, but you would hear the call of God to say, God, I give it all over to You. I give it all over to You. I am not the owner of this. I am a steward of this. A steward is a term that was, is common in the Bible. People of, of wealth or, or, or status would, would have these individuals in their household, stewards, people that they would trust with, with money and, and, and responsibilities and they would manage the affairs for them. And God has placed us as stewards in our life to manage the resources that God has given us. And it even starts in Genesis where God puts man in the garden to tend and to cultivate God's creation. We are called to be those people who tend and steward what God has given us. And I love in Galatians 2.20, the Bible talks about our whole life being given over to Him. It says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. 
It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live this earthly body by trusting uh, in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. So our whole lives are called to be completely given over to God, to be completely given and to trust Him that this is no longer my life, but God, whatever you want to do in my life, would that take place? Is that, is that okay with you? Not that it's okay. I'm just checking if you're okay. But this thinking is so different to the thinking that we have in our life today, and especially in the area of money, because that can be something that becomes so possessive and we, we want to hold tightly to us. But even if, if our life is not our own, if our life is given over to God, then certainly our money is not our own. That's why I think it's funny sometimes that we people, uh, and we're going to talk about this more ne- next week, but we, we worry a lot about, is it 10% that I give or 10.5% or should I give 3.9%? But it doesn't matter because it's all God's. Are you with me today? So it's not the amount in your life. If, if everything that you have is God's, and, and, and I tithe and I have tithed my whole life, not because I have to or because if I don't, God's going to deduct money out. It's, it's not that. Because everything I have is God, uh, is God's. And, and so I want to just be, a, I want to be a, a steward of what God has given me. I don't want to let money become this thing that is the focus of my, my world. So we are called to steward our life, our time. Come on, how are we managing the time that God has given us? And I was thinking about this last night, is that we are to manage the gifts that God has given us. We are to steward the grace that God has given us. Because one day there is going to be a report card. There is going to be a time where God said, I gave you this. What did you do with it? Come on, I gave you that family. I gave you that wife. What did you do? Come on now. And it's not about making you feel bad. It's about God. Would you see the vision for what God has given you? Come on, that right there. How we steward something is to see the vision that God gives you with that. It's like He may give you a son and a daughter, but would you see it with the vision of God's eyes? Lord, what do you want to, what, and, and, and that will shape how you, how you act. It'll shape how you talk to them. It'll shape how you approach a hard conversation. Hey, would the vision that God gives you for your work, would that shape how you rock up to work? Because we are to steward what God has given us and to manage it and to bring glory to Him. So God wants to give us a fresh view of what work is about. I don't just have to slave myself at to work, but God gives us work so that we might be a shining light in our community, that we might be, we might be great uh, uh, examples of who God is in the community. So God wants to give you fresh vision for your work. So if your work situation is no good, would God give you fresh vision for that so that you could steward it? And would the thing in your mind be that everything I do is unto the Lord? Everything I do is unto the Lord. And hey, 1 Peter 4 says this, and, and I won't read all that I had planned, but verse 10 says, God has given us each a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Um, and do you have the gift of speaking? Speak as though God Himself was speaking through you. And I'll, I'll stop reading there, but it talks about stewarding the gifts that God has given you. What has God given you that He wants you to do something with? Because this is not just about money today. This is, not just, this is about our whole life. And money is a part of your life. But 
what gifts has God given you? What dreams has God given you? That He wants you to manage, that He wants you to tend, that He wants you to walk in wisdom with. Because God has a vision for your life. God isn't just, and that's what I love. God's wanting to see you do well. God is wanting to see you just do everything that He's called you to do. I love the picture of of the story of the three servants. The master come back and said, let's celebrate. You did so good. It's like God is wanting you to succeed in your life. God is wanting you to do well in your life so that you can so that you can be a great example of who God is in the community. It's like, I think what God wants to do in our lives is bigger than what we can imagine. That's why I want us to get a vision. Would you get a vision again from God of what, that whatever you're stewarding is more important, is, is, is of more value than you might think. So your time is more valuable than you might think. How you think about yourself, would you steward that? Would you manage that well? Walk in wisdom. So if we were to give advice to the rich young man, our advice would be, hey, none of your stuff is yours anyway. It's all God's. So if God wants you to get rid of it all, let's get rid of it. And that might be a challenge. If, if, if giving and generosity is a hard part in your life, would you say, God, help me? Because that is an area that God wants to press on and work on. Would that be a part that God helps you to walk in and His grace would lead you in that? Don't let that stop you from following what God wants you to do. So we'd say to the young man, not all that stuff is yours. In fact, it's not all yours. You are a steward of that. You're a manager of that. And that's what God calls us to be in our life. And then we'd say to him and we say to ourselves, would you begin to walk in wisdom in relation to your money? If you wanna do well with money, There needs to be something called wisdom in your life. My wife was telling me such a story yesterday. uh, And I think it was when she was in church in South Africa and there was a series on money. And then the preacher said that God will provide. So somebody in the crowd thought, okay, God will provide. I'm just going to live it up. I'm going to ram my credit cards up. I'm going to live my life up. And then when people started to notice and go, hey, uh, what are you doing? He was like, well, God will provide. And then the pastor was like, hey, 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 let's not look at it this way because God calls us to walk in wisdom with our money. God wants to give us that spirit of wisdom. And, and, and a part of that is hearing what the Scripture says. And Proverbs 21.5 says this, it says, Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Wealth created by a lying tongue is a vanishing mist in a, and a deadly trap. In Habakkuk, Habakkuk um, chapter 1, there's a verse that actually says, consider how your money comes into your pockets and your pockets have holes in them. Some of us in our budgets, in our life, it's like our pockets have holes. It's like our money comes in and then it goes out. So God wants to give us wisdom. And I, by no means, am the chief expert on wisdom when it comes with money. But I'm allowing God to shape me and form me through Scripture. And another great one to do is to get the wisdom of those who have walked those roads before. So if there are people in your life that you feel are a great example of doing well financially and living with wisdom, speak to them, get around them, read books, do all that. But our Scripture informs us that good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. So really practically, how we steward what God has given us might look like having a budget in your life. It might look like 
trying to spend less than you make. Uh, is that, did I say that right? Yeah. Living within your means, having a great attitude for work. So God wants to give you a plan for your money. And I think just, just like we plan to live within our means, plan to budget, we should plan to be generous as well. And next week we're going to talk about that, how we should plan to do that. So, so that's really what I wanted to talk about today, that God wants you to have a vision for not only your money, but a vision for your life. And God is wanting to, for you to say and get an understanding that your life is not your own. Your life is called to be living for Him. And so that God would do something so amazingly wonderful with your, your life, with your time and with your money. Let's stand and let's pray together, church.